You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. It's time for some Pirates conversation today. Adam Barry, he's down there live from Bradenton, Florida, Pirate City, as it were. I'm Dave Raymond. Great to be with you. Hey, Adam, the, I guess the, the first question is, you've arrived, uh, you've said your hellos, and I think probably a lot of folks wondering what the status of uh, Jung Ho Gong's uh, knee surgery from the fall is. Like, where is he now? Yeah, he's actually been at Pirate City since December. Um, today was the first time since actually he's, he got hurt that we've spoken to him through uh, interpreter HK Kim. Uh, and everything was pretty positive. Uh, he's been running, fielding ground balls, throwing, hitting in the batting cages down here at Pirate City. Um, so that's, I mean, that's quite a bit of progress from such a serious injury. You know, he had the, the fractured uh, tibia and the torn meniscus uh, in mid-September on the on the takeout slide by uh, Chris Coughlin. But everything seems to be going really well, which lines right up with all the reports that general manager Neil Huntington and manager Clint Hurdle have been giving us. Uh, it's just a little more encouraging, I guess, or a little more real to hear it from, from the man himself, especially when he says it in English, which <laughs> he did today. So he's, his English is also coming along well. Really, just everything's going well for Jung Hogan right now. Wow, that's awesome. Um, uh, so, so uh, it, you know, as you get ready to go, or as they get ready to go, I know it's not mandatory yet that, that the players be there, but um, this is a team with, with so many flexible parts. You know, speaking of guys like Gong, who can play around the diamond, and it gives Hurdle all that flexibility to, to move guys around and shake up his lineup on a day-to-day basis. So, that being the case, do you end up with many, uh, you know, position battles per se in the spring training? No, uh, I was thinking about that today when when I showed up into the clubhouse. Like there are really not a lot of issues to resolve in camp. You know, there's some things that they need to, you know, to prove that they can do, and you know, some players who need to work on, you know, new positions or uh, you know, getting out of slumps from last year, or getting out of the gate faster, but. Honestly, there's not a lot of position battles to resolve. They have one open spot in the bullpen, um, which has become a little more interesting because it could go to one of the lefties they just signed to a minor league deal, Eric O'Flaherty or Corey Lupke. Um, There's probably a bench spot up for grabs, depending on whether Jung Ho is ready for opening day, and that could factor into the second base race, uh, depending on, again, if if Gong is out, then they'll probably have Harrison at playing third base and potentially Sean Rodriguez or... Alan Hansen or Cole Figueroa at second. But, I mean, when that's like your most, you know, uh, intriguing position battle, it's you've got a pretty good thing set up. And I think the Pirates have, have most things in place uh, before spring training even starts. And it's, it's really kind of wild. So, I mean, you think, you know, we, we know spring training is the time to loosen up a little bit, get back in shape for some guys, although in this day and age, guys are always pretty much ready to go. Um, so from Clint Hurdle's standpoint you know in terms of you know experimenting a little bit trying to tweak some things while you're down there i mean is he just gonna fiddle around with the lineup and take a look at what the lineup looks like in different uh, configurations i mean what, what is it really what is there for him to do yeah i'd be curious to see how much he tries to, to mess around with the lineup because he has some some interesting pieces in place, you know, with Gregory Polanco and Starling Marte and Josh Harrison. They're all really good speed guys. 
Um, so, and I know Hurdle likes speed atop the lineup in front of Andrew McCutcheon. So you wonder which two of those guys does he put in front of Kutch? Does he leave Marte batting cleanup? Uh, we know which would essentially force Polanco and Harrison into the one and two spots. That'll be interesting to see just what he has to say about that. Um, I think there's actually a really interesting argument to be made that the Pirates might be better off batting the pitcher eighth uh, in some of their lineups, given the way that they've they've talked about you know shorter starts and uh, getting more out of the relievers and long you know long relievers and stuff like that. Uh, so that's that's something to maybe keep an eye on. But no, I think for the most part, it's just going to be kind of polishing, fine tuning, and getting ready uh, for a hot start to the season, which is something they've struggled with the last couple of years. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. Get, getting off to the good start would be something refreshing for this team. I wonder what it is, you know, why why a team would fall into that kind of a pattern and, and what it would take to, to change that. I mean, is, is that something that's openly discussed? Yeah, actually, they talked about that a lot this offseason. That was one of the things uh, they wanted to get better at. They wanted to get better within their division because they kind of randomly struggled against the Brewers and Reds uh, quite a bit last year. I think they want to improve there, and they definitely want to improve in April because even when they've been good, they haven't been all that great in April, um, and it's mostly been the offense. I mean, last year, a large part of that was Andrew McCutcheon, who was battling some injury stuff, but there are just a number of slow starters on the team, you know, guys like Josh Harrison and Jordy Mercer. So I think they're kind of working and looking at, you know, rest patterns and the number of at-bats you need to be game ready on opening day and stuff like that. Um, whatever they've been doing with the pitching the last couple of years has, has been working fine right out of the gate, but I think they would like to improve their April offense and you have to start in, in spring training. Yeah, these are these are weird challenges, you know, for a team uh, to try to address. They're kind of hard to, to get your arms around, you know. Right. Yeah, it's not like the traditional camp where you come in and you're like, all right, who's going to be the fifth starter? Who's going to be, you know, the seventh inning reliever? Who's, gonna, you know, who's going to play first base? Like they know these things, and that's a good place to be in organizationally, so where you can kind of, you know, nail down the minutia. Although, you know, starting well is not like a, a small issue, but. It's it's a more specific thing than like who are the players on the opening day roster. So it's kind of it's a different camp, uh, different to report on certainly. But it's you know I mean everything's important and especially when they're working on it this time of year. All right, but what what in particular is going to have your attention? What do you, what are you hoping to to get a glimpse of? You know, or, or if it's not a position battle, if we're not following the drama of mm-hmm. who's going to get the start at third, uh, you know. What do, you, what do you do to keep yourself interested? What do you look forward to? <laughs> I'll definitely keep an eye on Jung Ho Gong, just with the way his recovery is going and whether opening day is a realistic possibility for him. Um, another one of the things that you want to watch is probably John Jaso at first base. How's his adjustment to that new position going? Because that's going to be pretty important to their overall infield defense You know, for him to, to make that transition. And I think I'm going to be curious to see how Ray Searage works with uh, some of the new pitchers on staff, you know, there's been such a focus uh, really in a way they've almost used Searage like a, you know, like a, a factor in, in the way that they acquire pitchers. You know, it's like if for a lot of teams you'd say, Oh, but you get this pitcher in this ballpark and he's going to improve with the pirates. It's felt a lot like, yeah, but you get this pitcher with this pitching coach and he's going to improve. So I'm curious to see the work Searage does with guys like John Neese, uh, Ryan Vogelsong, uh, Juan Nicasio, and even some of the returning pitchers like Jeff Locke. I think that'll be sort of a, a spring-long thing to keep an eye on. What, what is it with Sirius? What, what do you suppose it is? You know, I mean, with um, 
with certain guys, you, you, you go back and you say, like, well, he, he, he taught this one pitch really well or had this particular mm-hmm. strategic mind. But what is it that Searage brings, do you suppose? He's really good at communicating with his pitchers. And I, I think he, he just goes about his – he's just really good at his job, as simple as that sounds. Like he's really good at identifying mechanical problems. He's really good at identifying, you know, pitch sequence problems, stuff like that. Um, uh, maintaining a really good balance between the positive, you know, reinforcement and then, you know, sort of the, the critical stuff where you do have to repair things. And I think the players have a lot of respect for the way that he sort of suggests that they change things. And for the most part, he doesn't change it right away, which I think is, has been important to the success of a guy like Jay Happ last year. It was the fact that he let Happ come in, do his thing, and then, you know, after a week or so, sort of went to him with some with some suggestions, and they all worked out. I, I think, you know, it's an oversimplification, but he's just really, really good at being a pitching coach. Yeah, well, it sounds like he'd be a good parent, too. <laughs> it sounds like all the things that are necessary to be a good parent. <laughs> right. Um, so, what it, I, I have to ask, I mean, what's the weather like? Is it comfy? Are you excited to be down there? I mean, you know, back home? Still a little chilly. It's not bitter cold, but chilly. Right. Uh, According to my wife, it's bitter cold, but (laughs) I think that's also because she's from Florida. Uh, It's good. It's good to be down here. It's warm. It was sunny. There was just a moment where I got on the backfields at Pirate City before the players came out there. It was just the sun was coming down, and it was a a good sign that baseball's back, you know, sunshine and baseball fields. It's good. It means uh, it's baseball season. Yeah, yeah, on the pop of the mitt, nothing like it. Well, Adam, mm-hmm. happy spring training, my friend. Enjoy yourself, and uh, we'll look forward to reading about all those position battles that don't really exist. <laughs> Absolutely, looking forward to it. All right, man, there he goes. Adam Barry, MLB.com Extras, the Pittsburgh Pirates edition. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go. Every night, on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details.